It is another edition of the Mike and Molson Too Good for Radio podcasts, uh, and one of the uh, podcasters involved in this emanating from our Hollywood studios once again. A two-week stay there, Mr. Molson, huh? Still out. Well, it's beautiful out here, and it sucks out there. Why would I not? <laughs> Be out here. You have a valid argument. It has yeah. been like Planet Hoth, Russ. Meanwhile, uh, you're in more of like Coruscant, the the entire city planet where things are going on. We're freezing our our tauntauns off out here. Ah, sun is shining. It's beautiful in California. Happy to be here. But we have a uh, a story of a woman, and Nugenics is not going to appreciate this part of the show because she doesn't like it too. Oh no! Come on. Yeah. Yeah, so all right. part of the show not sponsored by Nugenics, <laughs> because we have a woman who sends a, a letter into a an advice column, okay. saying, "Hey, we've uh, I've been dating this guy. I'm 32, he's 34, and been dating for a year and a half. Uh, we're both kind of mild mannered folks. Life is pretty uh, pretty domestic. Um, have sex a couple times a week, and uh, look at them never- boast." That they have it yeah, a couple exactly, times yeah. a week. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, so much to complain. Here? So much to complain about. I only have it twice a week. Um, you know, we don't really push any boundaries. The kinkiest thing I've asked him to do is to bite me sometimes. Okay. Uh, he asked if I would grow out my armpits and bush, uh, <laughs> to which I have obliged, and I kind of like it. Low maintenance. All yeah. right. All right. Hey, it seems like they've reached an accord of biting and bushiness. <laughs> <laughs> Tonight on Cinemax. Yes, Biden Bush. Biden Bush. No, Biden Bush. Okay. So continue uh, on. So, so, so that so the hair thing is his kink, and she likes a little bit of biting from time to time. But other than that, it's just a couple times a week that they're doing the old hibbity dibbity. So uh, they go back to his home city, and there's a big reunion of his uh, college friends. Uh, and she says, turns out my sweet and quiet boyfriend was a social animal in his undergrad days and had a friend group that lit up when I got there. Uh, and, and while we were socializing with this group, uh, he got separated from me and two women came up, saw my armpits and said, nice to know some things have never changed. (laughs) (laughs) He's always been into the pits. Typical Paul in his pits. <laughs> Paul loves, loves his pits. I can't wait to see you're down below when we all go to the bathroom together. I bet you it's the same thing. Oh, man. Same old Paul and his, and his hairy arm pitted women. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Some things never change. Death, taxes, and Paul's pits are the things you can uh, count off in life. Then other friends show up, and they start reminiscing about him, uh, saying he was a sexual dynamo. Uh, who helped no awaken one said, the sexual... No one says that about people, do they? <laughs> oh, Paul, oh, Paul, but there's a sexual dynamo, i tell you what. Uh, he was a sexual dynamo and helped awaken the sexualities of all kinds of women and men. He single-handedly uh, brought people into their adult years, uh, exploring all kinds of kinks, did group play, did stuff with both men and women, and more stories than I'd care to write about. Yikes. Plus, they all had hairy armpits. <laughs> that, all of them. That, Every single one of them. There were 30 people there. All of them had the hairiest of pits. It was the hairiest orgy you ever saw, and it was all put together by Paul. Yeah. You, you, you kind of picture that, right? She's just standing there having a, having a cocktail. You're Paul's girlfriend, right? Hey, let me check something here. It lifts up her elbow. Ah, yeah, there it is. 
There or, it is. Or beforehand, Paul. or beforehand, someone's just going around checking the pits of various women at this get-together. <laughs> and they're like, found Paul's girlfriend. Found her right here. Same old Paul. I knew I'd get there eventually. Sorry to all the yeah. other ladies who, you know, shaved their hair today. But we found Paul's lady friend. Pity Paul. Yep. 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 Uh... So she's so now she's all in distress. She doesn't know what what to do. She says, "I know the answer is to talk to him, uh, but it feels rude to bring something up that he's never shared with me." Uh, so now she knows this side of him that she's never known before. Um, Does she, she feel said, like she's missing out? Well, that's and that's just it. She says, "I don't know that I want to try the super kinky sex that they were talking about." Uh, you know, with hair. <laughs> Well, you're already doing that. You've already done the, the, you've already done the hair sex. Unless he's turning armpits into other things, that's why he likes the hair there. I don't know. Oh, I can only grow so much, Paul. I don't know what else to do. <laughs> I, I can't. It. I can't braid it like your other girls did. It's maxed out, my friend. There's nothing I can do. Um. And so, you know, so that that's kind of where she leaves it. She's asking for advice. She doesn't, she doesn't know what to do. She thinks she thinks that there's, like there's this raging porn star inside Paul, and uh, and she doesn't want to uh, bum him out. But at the same time, she's not she's not the freak in bed that apparently he digs. Boy, so what do you do? I don't know. That's a great question. Is it he got you know? Did he get his wild side out when he was younger? Does she get the feeling that he's yearning? To the return of that because he asked for the pits? or well, that, that, Yeah, that, that's kind of um, what the columnist replied with. It's like, hey, you know, none of us are who we were back in college. You know, maybe he just, yeah, he was sowing his wild oats and his wild bush. And, uh, and <laughs> his, decided, Brillo hey, pad, I, his Brillo pad fascination. Yeah. Uh, and... Um, and so just kind of saying, hey, you know what? Maybe that's maybe that was him. Uh, he says, so perhaps uh, today your boyfriend isn't who he was in college. His libido was likely higher back then. Uh, and it's quite possible at this point he's all out of oats to sow. Could be. You know, when you were but keep them pits coming. Keep them coming. <laughs> keep those pits hairy. If you don't do that, then you may lose him. The kinky sex is one thing, <laughs> but the but the non-hairless pits, that's when you lose him. That's when he loses <sighs> his interest. By the way, when you were reading him about were you reading about him being the sexual dynamo and like liberating folks, I just thought he was like Kevin Bacon and Footloose. Right. You know, like right. where Kevin Bacon comes into an entire town and changes everyone through dance, Paul did it through his hairy pits. Yeah, that's exactly right. He would he was the one who just unlocked this secret desire in dozens of women and men uh, and just turned it into like a Studio 54. <laughs> every, you know, if it wasn't for Paul, every time I look at <laughs> every time I look at that razor in my shower, I remember the time with Paul and wish mm -hmm. I had them back and I throw the razor away. Um, she should just like absolutely bathe in a big tub of nair and just yes. come out just absolutely nothing, <laughs> like you know, <laughs> looking like Jeff Ross, you know, no, <laughs> right. nothing, head to, <laughs> head to toe, just nothing there and be like, do you love me now, Paul? Huh? Is this what you wanted? Do you want sex with Pitbull? Is this what you want? <laughs> Worldwide fireball. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we go from uh, that being a non-Nugenics-sponsored uh, portion of the broadcast to a very much Nugenics-sponsored uh, portion of the broadcast because, you know, it's, it's got the man-boosting formula because okay. you need to boost your man 
to be able to uh, do this as much as a new study indicates you should be doing to help out your prostate. Because a new study has been oh. published which suggests how many times a month men should be clearing the chamber in order to cut their risk of prostate cancer. I've heard this, that there's some sort of uh, benefit to uh, the prostate down there. Yeah, yeah. Right? You don't want to gum up the works, apparently. you got to make sure you keep it clean as a whistle. Yeah. Um, so, because this all comes stems from, you know, not only the, if you are of a certain religion or whatever, the societal, like, oh, you can't be doing that so much. You're going to go blind. And the, uh, uh, rise of no nut November, which is apparently right. a thing where people swear off of it. Um, according to IFL science and their research, you need to, uh, turn that crank at least 21 times a month to cut down on the risk of prostate cancer. Oh. Who has, easy. Who has easy? Easy. Oh who, my God. Yeah, who has no, that kind I, of time for twenty-one cranks in uh, a month? Me. You. Okay. Um, research published in European Urology suggests that doing so could reduce the risk of prostate cancer by third. Now I can I can tell you with confidence right now, fifty-five years old, I've got a prostate the size of a marble. It's it's beautiful down there. <laughs> because you were ahead of the curve. Did you, yes. part, you you partook in the study, obviously. They say, according to the research, um, it could have a similar health boost equated to running and healthy eating <laughs> if you clear it out that much. Yes, I am a marathon masturbator. Yes, just because of the cardiovascular <laughs> things needed to have 21 times in a month. Oh, yeah. You want to know how many people took part in this study, by the way? Because you may say, ah, well, this study's a hill of beans. It was like 10 people who have OnlyFans accounts and, and multiple ones. No, they said a total of 31,925 men took part in the survey, and their behavior was monitored over a period of 18 months. Gosh, oh, I love that. What, like monthly prostate exam or something? Every month they had to go in and... Eh, well, and they, can, they had to keep the whacking journal. Did it right. today. Uh, decided to do a change of pace. Just watch network TV. Um, right. You know, that kind of thing. They say the finding also suggests that regularly clearing the chamber removed toxins from the body. Mm. Uh, it's not the only study in expert opinion that supports the benefits of regular wanking it. Uh, why, why people who take, who take part in, uh, no, not November often frame it as being good for your physical mental well-being. According to urologist Rene Malik, there is no hard evidence, pardon the pun, to back that up. Uh, how many times did the doctor have to look at the chart and go, dude, really 1030 in the morning? Are you, come on, yeah. come on. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so yeah, they say that they cited the study. That uh, men in their 20s and 40s who uh, did it more than 21 times a month were less likely to be diagnosed with prostate cancer than those in the age group who did so less frequently. So yeah, there you go. So there you go. Uh, if you live forever, exactly. Don't fight that urge. You may no. you, society may tell you to fight that urge, but make sure you're doing it in the correct confines. Don't. Well, don't you got your choice, man. You can have. You can eat kale. Right. Or but, you can you can take like five ten minutes and just take care of stuff. <laughs> You can you can use it as part of your daily shower routine, and you're good uh, to go. No muss, no fuss. Instead of instead of going uh, and trying to change your diet with with all the to your point kale and healthy eating, why do that when you can just you know take care of business on your own? In Phoenix, there they do this every year. I guess since about 2020, and there is a a thing of no pants. 
train riding day. Yeah, th- no pants and like nude. This is just no pants, but like th- there's also like the nude bike riding in Pennsylvania. Yeah. I, I, I don't know exactly. I mean, I get that. I guess it's for nudity, but what's the no pants thing doing? No pants. Uh, staged first time is uh, the first time since 2020, I should say, involved participants without any pants, skirts, or shorts, but wearing undergarments. Of course. Um, but then what's riding, the point? Riding the light rail in downtown Phoenix. What is the point? They say, hang on, let me, it takes, it takes forever for them to get to the point. Oh, I'm sure. Um, Okay, here we go. Uh, One of the organizers, Soretta Williams, brought her daughter and three sons. To no pants, how dare her bring it to the no pants ride. She said, I think it's important for boys to understand that it doesn't matter what a girl has on. She's still a human at the end of the day. Our bodies are beautiful and everybody deserves to be respected. So I don't disagree, but what does that have to do with riding on a train with no pants on? Right. And it's kind of it's not even it's not even like you're sitting there with no pants on because everybody, you know, it's like guys go and find the most outrageous boxers they can find. And women are wearing these goofy fishnet things and and whatever. So it's more like it's more like a a costume party. You just don't have any pants on. Um, And so I don't know exactly what the point is other than the the overgrown adolescent giggle of getting on the train without pants on. Look at me go. Uh, <laughs> I'm going on the yeah. train. I don't have any pants. <laughs> Look at my boxers. Right. It's not like anybody's doing anything illegal. It's not like they're doing anything. It's not, it's not even particularly bold. No, if you're going to do it, go, go full out. Just right. no, no pants and no undergarments. If it, yeah. yeah, I mean, and hairy armpits. Yeah, and hairy and hairy bushes and everything else. Go, <laughs> you want to make a point? Yes. Go Here, full, respect this. Go full Paul. Don't just half Paul it with your with your. By the way, too, I feel bad for the the people who have to clean the train after No Pants Day. I mean, yeah. I, I guess at least there is a thin layer of undergarment between that and and the bench on the train. But I don't. I just don't understand. To your point, it's not bold enough to make your point. It's just they, kind of, yeah. yeah. They got on the train at Valley Metro Rail and then rode uh, into downtown Phoenix. A wide variety of people uh, during the public event: young and old, couples and families, friends and coworkers. Some wore colorful underwear. Some came in costume. Uh, one person dressed as Jay and Silent Bob. Of course, they did. Two people, I guess, dressed as yeah. Jay and Silent Bob. <laughs> no, actually, one part of him was Jay. The other part was <laughs> Silent Bob. The part with no pants on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, so what, probably one of the, one of the most ridiculous, I mean, yeah, even the, at least the nude bike ride, I guess, is trying to make a point of something. I don't know. Yeah. Or it's a thrill of, you know, it's the middle of the night and you're just riding your bike in the nude and everybody laughs and takes pictures and then we go home and nothing, you know, it's like, I don't know, man. Yeah. yeah. Nope. No pants train day doesn't impress me. Let me ask you this. Do you think there was some code though, when it came to the color of the underwear you, you put on? Was there like a, a subculture of like, hey, if you wear the green underpants, that means you're good to go later after the no pants ride? Oh, that'd be great if it was some sort of code. Yeah, that's great. I like, like, that. like like purples, like I'm in a relationship but not fully committed, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like they had different different colors of underpants meant different things. I'm sure that happened because that's just the way people are. Yeah, but call me back when it's like just a 62-year-old guy with his big dad bod gut hanging there and his and his dong hanging out and he's just sitting there with his legs spread reading a newspaper it's like okay there now we've got no pants on the train that yeah now it looks like a regular day at the at the gym 
in the locker room of, of that. People gentleman. in New York are going, what's the date? What, this happens all the time. Yeah, exactly. Phoenix, come, come at it a little bit harder next time. Pardon the pun once again. Yikes. Uh, speaking, speaking, speaking of people in various states of undress, here is a story out of Pennsylvania, which is quickly becoming the Florida of the Northeast. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> let me introduce you. Oh, God, this is a great name. I didn't realize. <laughs> I didn't realize this name. Uh, let me introduce you to 27-year-old Michael Yakinchik. <laughs> Y-A-C-K-E-N-C-H-I-C-K. Yakinchik. Shut up, Yakinchik. Yeah, go ahead, Yakinchik. Uh, so Michael Yakinchik is butt-ass naked, and he decides it'd be a good idea to jump through his neighbor's window, shattering mm-hmm. the glass window pane to get inside the home. Yeah, it's an idea. I don't know that it's a good idea, but it is an idea. Isn't that the dump? Like, he's got to be high on something to think, yeah. well, I'm just going to jump through with all these shards of glass. Surely nothing important will be cut or anything. Right. But then again, that you know, that's just yakking chick. Yeah, he, he's that kind of guy. <laughs> um, a female resident told police the man was a neighbor who jumped through the window and was still in the house. Police found him naked, but he continuously resisted and disobeyed numerous orders because, of course, he did. Because he's Yakinchik. It took three officers to subdue Yakinchik and take him. And we've talked about this before, Johnny. Those poor officers. Not, Shoot to kill. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's no there's no need to try to wrestle him to the ground. There's no. probably blood all around on the nude Yakinchik. And uh, you just don't want to have to deal with that. Take um, him out. Yeah, take him out quickly. You got a clear shot. Take him out. <laughs> take him out. He was charged with felony counts of burglary and criminal trespassing, as well as indecent exposure, civil assault, and criminal mischief. Throw the book at Yak and Chick. Once, once you, once you decide to jump through a window nude, I'm over you. That is just that. Not no. N- there's no going back from that. Yep. Bury him under the jail. Yes. I'm okay with that. Um, this here's another guy who's facing a number of charges, and I'm not entirely sure. I mean, I can think of a charge, but he's charged with a number of charges. 62-year-old Matt Uterstadt. <laughs> oh, Uterstadt. Uterstadt and Yakinchik coming to the mornings on your local radio program. <laughs> he's facing a number of charges after neighbors complained that he dug up their yard with a rock rake. Okay. Um, Damn, claiming that, that that must have taken a while if you're digging up a yard with a rake. Not a very effective tool. No, you think um, you want a shovel, but you know whatever. Any port in the storm, I guess. So it's 10:30 in the morning on a Saturday, and these people wake up, and Mark Uterstadt is out there with a rock rake, uh, digging up the yard and saying there are pirates in there. <laughs> pirates in where? In there, in the house. Oh, then why is he digging up the yard? Uh, yard. Because there the are <laughs> because there are pirates in there, Mike. Okay. Which part? What? What? What did you miss? Okay, so he was digging up the yard to get the pirates in the home. So he's digging a tunnel to get into the home where the pirates are. I don't know why you're adding to the story. <laughs> there are pirates in the house, and he's digging up the yard. Okay. I don't know what I, what what, what uh, doesn't make sense there. You know what? Light bulb just went out. Makes perfect yeah. sense. I get exactly what Uterstat was doing now. I would do the same thing. When they arrived at the scene, officers said they learned that Uterstat had walked to the caller's property because he believed uh, he owned the neighborhood <laughs> and that the caller and her family were pirates. <laughs> this here is my. Boat or my boat hood? 
and you you're the pirate. I I don't know where the he's kind of off on his analogies, but I guess whatever. Again, Mike, I don't I don't know why you're trying to add things to this. Okay, so he owns the neighborhood, and the pirates are in the house. Right. Uh, the caller's husband confronted Uterstat. Hey, stop! Uterstat began to yell and scream obscenities uh, at the husband and young children. And I'm gonna swab your his- poop deck. <laughs> And then uh, swung his rake at the direction of the husband in a threatening manner. Uh-oh. Um, and uh, he said they he, he he told he was trying to dig up the yard because I believe they were trying to install a water line. Uh, he was taken into custody. And uh, again, I was facing several charges. The charges are uh, risk of injury, second degree threatening, fourth degree criminal mischief, breach of the peace, and simple trespass. Bam. Wow. Second second degree threatening? Second degree threatening, fourth degree mischief. What? <laughs> what constitutes? I don't know what three, two, and one are, but right. fourth degree mischief is got to be, that's, that's, that's like nothing, right? No, what, what would that be? That's got to be like putting a bag of poop on someone's uh, doorstep <laughs> and lighting it aflame. That's yeah, fourth that's degree re- mischief. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I would love to see the criminal code in Connecticut to see exactly what comes under the category of fourth degree mischief. How much Stop. time did this legislature have on its on its hands to get to a fourth degree mischief charge? Yeah. And, and even second degree threatening is I mean, any threatening seems threatening. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. You have a degree of it and go on. He were being threatened, but just a little less than most people get threatened. Right. If he would have a traditional pirate sword or gun, that would be first degree. Right. But since he's so. only using a rake, that would be the second degree of threatening out in the yards. I guess that's what it is. Oh, absolutely ridiculous. Um, you know, during the uh, pandemic, there was an individual out in Idaho who had like 235 world records. The guy just yep. made made it his made it his uh, life's work to get more and more world records. And every time I see a world record, sometimes I go, "That was a thing." Case in point, this one you have a story about. I did. I, I understand why this is a record because we have a record for the world's oldest person, but I didn't yeah. know various animals had a record for the world's oldest version of them. Well, yeah, and just when you think that they give records out for just about anything, uh, there is an approval process and a vetting process. And now the people at Guinness are um, re- revoking the title of world's oldest dog to a Portuguese dog named Bobby. Oh, Bobby! What Bobby uh, do to get the to get it the world record rescinded? Yeah. Uh, Bobby was a purebred Rafero de Antejo who spent his life in a village in central Portugal. They said the animal lived for 31 years and 165 days. Yikes. That is one old dog. The previous record was in 1939 by an Australian cattle dog who lived for 29 years. Okay. That's a Um, long time in between records there. Kudos to Bobby. But, uh, you know, the, the, this, typic, this type of breed of dog that Bobby was uh, usually lives only 12 to 14 years. Uh, Bobby's record was ongoing and it included looking over evidence again, seeking new evidence and reaching out to experts. Uh, while our review is ongoing, we've decided to temporarily pause application on both the record titles for oldest dog uh, and all our findings are in place until they have been communicated. Now, Bobby's owner, Leonel Costa. Don't cross him. Leonel Costa, Costa said in a statement after the dog's death, 
an elite within the veterinary world tried to give people the idea that the Bobby's life was not a true life. According to Costa, some veterinarians were upset because he attributed Bobby's longevity to factors including a steady diet of human food rather than pet food. I like Costa. He really like wants he, he wants to leave, he wants to make sure Bobby's memory uh, lives on forever in the Guinness World Record book. So basically, uh, Leonel Costa sits down to have a sandwich, cuts it in half, gives Bobby half. Uh, Here you go, Bobby. You good. sends him outside with a coke. You good dog. You you come back later for half a burger. Everything would be different if we had said that Bobby ate pet food for three decades. Um, and, but he says all of the requirements were met. Bobby lived to a ripe old age. And apparently um, he was um, he still loved walks, but became less adventurous. His fur was thinning, like his eyesight. <laughs> what? He's like Paul. He became yeah. less, less adventurous as he got older. Yeah. Um, he said uh, he enjoyed uh, he still enjoyed going to walks, but his fur was thinning. His eyesight had worsened and he needed rest a little bit more than the average thing. But other than that, Bobby was a perfect <laughs> specimen. Well, isn't part of what uh, what what Guinness is saying uh, is the fact that the math doesn't work because in human years, Bobby was like older than Methuselah. Like he was like ended up being like 213 years old in human years, and that just they don't feel as possible. Yeah, I mean it's it's pretty astounding, and even even the one the previous record holder being 29 years old is uh, is bananas. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, man. I'm uh, I'm with Costa. I think uh, I think Bobby was a a fine old pooch, should be respected. And how dare how dare how dare the Guinness Book of World Records. Um, besmirch Bobby. Just imagine, though, how longer, how much longer Bobby could have led, uh, lived, I should say, if he had some eugenics. Bobby and uh, and <laughs> and his girlfriend Bobina, she will like it too. Hey, oh, uh, that'll do it for this edition of the uh, Too Good for Radio podcast. Can I just interrupt you real quick here? Yeah. Um, the, in the article, <laughs> I'm sorry, because <laughs> I just clicked on it. In the article announcing Bobby's death. Uh, the following is written. Okay. Despite outliving every dog uh, in history, his 11,478 days on Earth would never be enough for those who loved him, said the veterinarian. Godspeed, Bobby, is literally what it says. <laughs> yes. Godspeed. Godspeed indeed, Bobby. And Godspeed, Godspeed, Bobby. Godspeed to all of you out there listening to this podcast. We appreciate you. Uh, and I don't know if we'll ever be a world record holder, but if they try to rescind it, if we get one and they try to rescind it, please fight for us like Lionel Acosta did for Bobby.